Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me this mom text message okay so i just had lunch with my family i drove up from baltimore to be with them and then i'm here at my apartment before i head back so i get this message literally just now where we're all talking from my mom and it says hey ashley on the way to your sister's house a male driver hollered something at her from his car and it reminds me of your comedy (laughs) And, and i go i don't I don't know what that means. And she goes, he said he wanted to lick her ass crack. Don't you do that? <laughs> oh, mom. Did you just say happy Mother's Day, mom? You were... <laughs> I sent a peach emoji and a tongue. <laughs> she, is she going to get what the peach is? like, I guess she wants peach cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> She's not gonna, but it's fun. It's just, ooh, God bless all the mommies. Happy Mother's Day, boys. Well, that's awesome. Hell yeah. I'm ready. Welcome to Quality Time. It's another wonderful episode. It's a Mother's Day. We're recording this. I'm sure our mothers are all proud of us. Uh, my name's Eric Woodworth, and first I'd like to introduce uh, my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. Jeremy, how are you? Did you call mother today? No. You no, fucking piece of shit. Tired and I didn't even get her anything. I'm not going to get her anything. I have no money. <laughs> it's a lousy week. Um, I'll probably stop by tomorrow just because that'll cost me less gas for the week since I don't have any money. And um, maybe I'll do a video with her. So, have you thought about maybe maybe making like a um, like a Hannibal Lecter style uh, meat? Uh, sculpture out of dead rats. Mats. <laughs> Man, I haven't, I haven't shot a rat in like almost a year now. Man, oh. what's wrong with you? you know, they, I, there might be one or two still scurrying about. I've definitely fed. I'm going through like a bag of, of poison a month. I mean, they are just chowing down. And I literally sent a letter to, uh, I don't know if it's Victor or whatever the fucking company that makes this bullshit. That they put like one percent fucking poison in this fucking green shit mm-hmm. that they keep eating and eventually they die but it takes too fucking long and i, I said to the company can, can you really really just start putting poison in this so that it'll actually kill them? oh oh by the way oh oh my fucking gosh facebook even adds to these fucking radax motherfuckers oh god not not radax the they're bait. mother they're mother 
fucking ads like, oh, oh, the rats eat this and eventually they become dehydrated. No, they don't become dehydrated. <laughs> they eat it and they never fucking die. They destroy yeah. cabinets, destroy everything. It's bullshit. It's a bullshit product. And they're fucking liars. They're going to be fucking sued up their asses someday because it's not even poison. Listen, it's, it's bait is the best fucking thing you can call it. Just feed the rats anything. Don't feed them rat acts because you're wasting your money. Fucking lying bullshit. Fucking asshole bastards. False product. False product. I, oh, and I said to the victor, the real, the real poison. At least they put at least one percent. And I'm like, hey, can you guys start putting more poison that'll actually work? so that they don't eat an entire bag at a time for every couple of weeks, and I keep feeding them and keep feeding. There's still fucking mice everywhere. I'm still infested. Yeah, they basically I, just I'm make, uh, they make like uh, cigarettes for rats, pretty much. It's I'm like ready, there's a I'm warning ready. label on it. <laughs> this could Wait, hurt I'm you. I'm ready to buy my own arsenic. I'm ready to buy my own arsenic, my own fucking cyanide, and just mix it with peanut butter, because I know that'll fucking have poison in it. That'll fuck. I'll see them dead around right where they fucking ate it. That's what I want to see. I want to see them die. And I and I and I also <laughs> want to buy an industrial size is fucking glue so I can watch them die on glue. And I won't even kill them. I'll just enjoy seeing them die every day as they just like eh, eh, I can't move. Like that's great. You're dying. You're <laughs> can I? Until you die. Offer my services. Also, Ashley Pontius, co-host Ashley Pontius. Ashley, please welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Um, I'd love to offer my services. It sometimes takes a little while, but what I can do is talk to the rats and be like, your life is pointless. No one cares that you exist. No one likes you. And then the rats will slit their wrists or they'll like OD on Tylenol and they'll kill themselves. Oh, that's now. See, I like, I like the mind games that you play with the rat. It's, uh, you know, they just, you know, and I've had enough of this. This is, it's time to just jump into this meat grind. I prey on their deepest insecurities as rats, and I'm like, you can't produce as much as those other rats. None of the <laughs> other rats care that you exist. Your your rat life is meaningless. It's too bad you they have don't no understand. Children. <laughs> what? It's too bad they don't care, and they just continue to destroy your home anyway. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm telling you, call me over, and I will absolutely neg these rats into suicide. <laughs> hell yeah and ashley how are you how are things i'm good um i had a a show last night uh in dc that uh was pretty good it was kind of a small venue um but while we're kind of getting set up and just kind of palling around i look over and i look down and there's a small child at the venue and i'm like hey do you like i don't know have a parent and he goes, yeah, my dad's here. And I'm like, do you need help finding him? And he goes, no, my dad's the one doing the show. Oh. And I go, oh, your dad is the one who booked this. Got it. Where's your mom? And he's like, I only see her on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I go, okay, got it. <laughs> and <laughs> so I'm starting to make a lot of sense. And <laughs> so I do not have children, unfortunately, but I do have the mom gene. And I cannot deal with the fact that there is a six-year-old wandering around this brewery in dc so i'm like hey kid you're gonna stick with me all night so you know we played spider-man 
I had to use a lot of my imagination, which I have to tell you is super fucking exhausting <laughs> to keep up with a six-year-old every few minutes. Like, you're Batman. I'm like, now you're Superman. And then he's like, now you're my mom. And I'm like, nope, can't do that one. <laughs> um, but but so I had this kid with me all night, which was which was really weird. Um, but then I got my revenge because Keith Corey was there. God bless. Was such a sweetheart. So I bought all of his cookies and sent this kid home with a ton of shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. And that kid is uh, sky high on edibles right now. Um, no, they're, no, they're, no, they're normal cookies. <laughs> I made sure they're normal cookies. <laughs> Ooh, you. Hope you can take 75 milligrams, pussy. <laughs> No, well, because you know it's funny. He did. He did play along that he's a kid, and he goes, "Do you want a magic cookie?" And I slapped Keith's hand. I go, "Not that cookie." He goes, "What do you mean?" He says, "It's got sprinkles." And I'm like, "Oh, my bad." Oh, <laughs> oh that's good. So you got you got to basically play like the lady version of Shogun Assassin last night with a six year old at uh, a brewery. Nice. I I love that. Like, there's something amazing about being a woman that even when I'm living my best single life. I still end up with a child. Uh, so I love just being a woman. You're always parenting. It never ends. If it's not somebody else's children, it's your partner. It's wild. And it's, mm. it's not like you're going to abort them at eight years old. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking into it, though. Um, I would so, love to eat us an eight-year-old fetus. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of aborting eight-year-old fetuses, Jeremy, how is Baby Eater coming along? I got to watch some of the behind-the-scenes footage of it. Uh, I, I saw a, a scene that you shot with the great Edward X, uh, I believe who is Malcolm's brother, as well as... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Pete Jackalome, uh, director of The Killer Clown Meets the Candyman. Uh, you got them both in a scene together. Uh, run us through that and the shooting of that. And uh, it is, it's pretty good. I did enjoy it. I did. Uh, I, I, I sold them this idea almost two years ago and finally it comes to fruition. And uh, Pete was doing it as a favor because I did a little, a little scene from him and his uh, computer. Uh, I can't even remember the name of the film. <laughs> I literally did a scene for him in my basement as like a, a computer demon. But uh, either way, I said I did like a little one minute scene that interrupted me from the height of Chiller on Saturday because that was the only time he could do it with me. Not on a Sunday. No, have to interrupt Chiller. Yeah. I was not happy about that. Hey, it's you got the th- the sacrifices you got to make to make your art, brother. Yeah, exactly. So, and of course, Edward didn't want to have to leave Chiller either. He had to leave anyway. I'm I'm not gonna bitch anymore about that. So his his office was great. It's great uh, background. Um, obviously, he's supposed to be an Emmy, even though it's a chiropractic table. Uh, he still has a great background with a big skeleton and everything. And 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 Edward, the uh, the detective, asking about um, baby eater remains. So. Uh, I'm not going to tell the the all the joke, but uh, well, Jeremy, let's just let's just say Jeremy's style of comedy is extreme close-ups of things, and there's some extreme close-ups of Pete Jackalone that I can't, I won't spoil for the uh, the watcher of this film eventually. But I will say I did laugh at the at the last shot of him looking out the window. <laughs> we got to find. Him. <laughs> I did. It did get me, Jeremy. I understand. I understand your twisted humor. I don't think he gave me enough of uh, 
the nervous, uh, guilty pleasure of it. He could have been a bit more orgasmic, but at least with his look at the camera, that was that was kind of crazy and funny. So, wait a minute, are you saying that P. Jackalome, acclaimed director, didn't give you the respect as a director to give the performance that you needed for this? I don't like it. <laughs> well, the, the part was written for him, but he 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 tried. He, he did a bad. <laughs> It's still funny. That's all that matters. So. Oh, it sounds like every every time that sounds like every time I've had sex with my sweet wife. Uh, you tried. Um, so anyway, Good gang, <laughs> that that was nice. Good finish. Ashley's having a laughter attack. <laughs> Are you telling me that you are you telling me you switched it up this year and that's not what you got her for Mother's Day? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Another goof. Uh, <laughs> so uh no, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You guys, uh, I know we have a very, uh, 80% of our listenership is uh, trans women, and we support you, and we are going to appreciate all of your support on this Mother's Day. Thank you so much. Um, I don't really have too many uh, uh, fun stories to share. I didn't really have shows this week. It was kind of like my week off. Next week, I'm going to have... I'll be up in your neck of the woods in Waynesboro with, with Tink Bryant and um, and Josh Kaderna. And Josh Kaderna. I, I may not get to see you because I'll you, be you in know, you're the Such is life. Listen, sometimes it'd be like that. And if it is, then it is. Bring that little... Listen, I won't rat you out to the Robinsons like they listen to this podcast or anything. And just bring the dog not, in a little carrier. It's not... It's not their dog. It's their realtor. Oh, okay. Well, fuck them. Who gives a shit? Bring that fucking dog. Oh, there's two of them, and they're old. <laughs> We're gonna say um, Eric, as I tell this story, can you can you can you prime up a video as you understand where the story's going? Okay, I'm going to try. Keep that in mind real quick. Just keep that tight in your brain, Jeremy. But what I would like, what I'd like to ask, I'd like to just do one little quick thing while we're on the topic of dogs. Uh, Yesterday, um, so Tommy Simbazo, my uh, cohort at at Laugh Finder, a good friend of mine, of course, for many years, uh, he's got his new house. He has two dogs. One is Pickle, who is just the loviest dog of all time. Uh, I made out with her for an hour, not by my choice. It was just because... I was like, yes, stop. I, you ever like, you're like, I just can't even fight you anymore. Just fucking have at it. She's yeah. like that little dog tongue. Yes. Just kinda- yes. But I made, so, but the other dog is Vinny, who he inherited is, is his, is his girlfriend, Lou slash wife's uh, dog's dead sister's dog named Vinny, who is He's a f- the fattest little dash hound you've ever seen in your life. I'm telling you, this motherfucker looks like a walking ottoman, Jeremy. And, and so Vinny's so fat, though, that he can't go up the steps in, in Tommy's house. But you can't... Listen, hey, he's he's a dog of pride, so he you can't pick him up unless he allows you to. So he has to like look at you, and you're like, okay, fine, I'll swallow my pride. <laughs> so I finally got to the point where I saw Vinny yesterday. I was doing a podcast, a happy hour podcast. Shout out, great show. Me and Ashley couldn't stop talking about how great and well-run it was from beginning to end. Um, we... Uh, I went upstairs to go grab a beer, and <laughs> this dog, Vinny, was at the base of the steps. I was like, 
Vin, do you, do you need to go upstairs, buddy? And he was like, yes. <laughs> he did like that, like the little dog, like, don't don't mock me, you fool. <laughs> and so I was like, no problem, Vin. I go to grab him, and like I'm kind of apprehensive. Like I'm I'm kind of yeah. scared. I was like, Vinny might he's snapped at me before. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And my brother knows that I have a way with dogs, which is like, hey, are you really friend? Hey, can hey can I can I rile you up till you want to kill me? I listen. It's the thing I do. So. Eric does I, the same thing with people. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so if I if I find your button, I immediately push it ten times really fast, and then, <laughs> so I pick up Vin, and I kind of don't want him like up against my body because I'm not a hundred percent sure he's not going to bite me. But when no. I pick this motherfucker up, I I'm a strong person. Okay, I think you guys like you, I'm pretty strong. I could not carry this motherfucker out in front of me like the Lion King. He was too fat. He weighs like 60 pounds. Like, yeah, I grabbed him. I was like, holy shit. I had to hold him. I was going to drop him and carry him like a sack of potatoes on my belly as I was carrying him up the steps. So uh, I don't understand how his little legs even make him move around his house. It is crazy to me. Well, the last thing I want to say before we get to Jeremy, what Jeremy wants to do is I will agree with Eric that um, last time I saw Vinny at Tommy and Lou's place, I was like, oh, there's my little pork sausage. And Tommy goes, hey, he's lost weight. And I was like, what? (laughs) That's his weight loss (laughs) program is how he looks now. I was just like, damn, you look like the dog version of Danny DeVito, pal. Um, (laughs) Now I can walk again. Yeah. So that was fun. I had yeah. I just had, had to roll it before. They just have to crane lift him out of his doghouse like Gilbert Grape. Yeah, yeah. When when Vin, when they have to put Vinny down, Tommy just has to burn his house. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking rock is just left behind. It's the only thing that survives. <laughs> I gotta wash myself with a rag on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my 600 pound dog yeah it is the fattest little dog in the whole world i love him though vin's a good boy he's a good boy now uh jeremy i'm sorry what were you getting to before i got us off track with this dog story this, this might have gotten to you uh through the uh regular channels since you're close to uh joe robinson and prime up the song as soon as you know where i'm going with this i'm gonna try to guess what you're saying here uh this is obviously mother's day Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, their topic of the week was your wedding song and okay. how uh, on Robin Joe this week, whatever wedding song this other guy's wedding had, and they were like the same song or something. And uh, I had to remind Joe via text that um, you had a special song just for your Mother's Day dance. A family vacation oh, you a want to talk about that one. Okay, yes. Okay. And also, he I don't he had never heard that before, so I guess it didn't get to you. No, I so I called him because I listened to it, and yes, I was like, hey, you were they. So actually, let me try to explain this a little bit better. The Robin Joe show tried to do a bit. They said they were trying to guess people's wedding songs, okay? And they said that the hardest one to guess would probably be my wedding song because I'm a bizarre person. I got it. But what they don't realize is that my wife is the most basic of bitches. So what I have is a very regular like wedding song, which is uh, it's Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, Heaven Must Have Sent You From Above, which also happened to be fucking uh, Joe Robinson's first first marriages uh, 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 wedding song, which was fun bit. But what they were looking for was a... 
what they were looking for was a ridiculous song, but because I'm a ridiculous person, or they, you know, I, I portray that, right? Uh, so I didn't have, uh, I didn't have that was ridiculous, but my mother daughter dance or the son daughter or son yeah, mother dance was was this, dance. which we danced to this right here. Yeah. So we danced to this Tell mother, which was very fun. I did know about that. I will meet your weird, and I will do you one potentially weirder. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and I've never thought to bring this up to my mm-hmm. family. Uh, my oldest sister, who is now divorced, mm-hmm. uh, she almost 10 years and she and my father <laughs> I can't believe I've ever told anybody this okay her dad did a did a dance routine to crank that soldier boy <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me the great Papa Pontius had to had to superman this hoe at his daughter's wedding <laughs> <laughs> I don't think yeah. anybody thought it through. I was what ten? No, I would have been older than that. Oh, but I, I don't know. It just didn't register with any of us that like maybe bad. <laughs> can I mention my other favorite Danzig mother song? Well, can I? Can I do mine first if you don't mind? Sure. I was just like, if I could go back in time, though, I wouldn't have done the song that I did with my mom. I wouldn't. I would have taken it more seriously and actually did this cover of the same song by a band called The Miss Fats. Are you familiar with The Miss Fats, uh, Miss Ashley? <laughs> I thought you were... No, so the Miss... I thought you were going to be like, Ashley, that's your nickname, right? Miss Vats? Yeah. Um... <laughs> no, so, so, so the no, Miss no. the Miss Fats are a, uh, a band that no longer tours uh, actively, but they were three fat guys that would dress up as the Misfits and do cover songs like this little gem right here called Butter. Anyway, there's uh, so check out Butter by the Misfits. It's a big hit. <laughs> Jeremy, what's yours? My other, my other favorite, uh, favorite Danzig uh, um, uh, mother song has to be "Mommy, Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight?" <laughs> yes, these are these are beautiful. I think if I ever got married, which I won't, um, I think my wedding song. Um, would be that um thing was like by Jermaine something it was like we don't have to take our clothes off James uh, and Cherry because <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to see us naked <laughs> please won't you leave the lights off so Jesus can't see what I've done to his temple <laughs> oh man uh, by you the way there's to- a really, really good song about dry humping out there too Dry humping. Oh, oh, well, 
if it's the one I'm thinking of, which it may not be, but one of my favorite songs that I always lose my shit to on the dance floor, which is um, Too Slow. Oh, baby, baby when we're grinding, I get so excited. Oh. My- I remember in sixth grade dance, we got to listen to that, and I, I didn't realize until I was much older, I was like, this is about popping boners on the dance floor. My favorite part <laughs> of this song is when the girl the when the girl goes, I feel a little poke coming through <laughs> on you. Dun, dun. I'm like, that girl, I know you felt it. Boo, you know, I can't help it. It's a whole song about it's literally a song about just getting an awkward public boner that's all the song is about (laughs) there's even a line where he goes it's almost like we're sexing oh Oh, yeah yeah. oh i know (laughs) trust me i know every lyric to that goddamn song uh if you went shout outs to the columbia ice rink circa 1998 it was on regular rotation um so anyway are we ready to get into tonight's movie gang because i'm excited it's my pick of the week and oh yeah and i kind of picked this out of ease because i've watched it multiple times recently i bought a 4k copy gotta be honest with you didn't need the highest resolution could have dealt with just a blu-ray copy kind of hides some of the bad cgi but nonetheless here we are again starship troopers 1997 uh paul verhoeven's uh uh personal favorite movie that he directed uh, although I would say it's not my favorite Paul Verhoeven movie. Uh, Jeremy, what would your favorite Paul Verhoeven movie? And I, I mean, it, I, it's one of two, I'm sure. You just reminded me of a movie I needed to uh, uh, write down in my list is obviously Flesh and Blood, where uh, the voice of Bart Simpson is actually having sex. Oh, I haven't heard that. No. And by far the the greatest uh, Jennifer Jason Lee naked movie with uh, Rutger Hauer. So is that your favorite Paul Verhoeven movie? Uh, it's his grittiest, but his best is obviously RoboCop. You, so. I was say, I think I was sure you were going to say RoboCop, but there's a part of me that said he might go Total Recall, and I'm not sure if I like Total Recall or RoboCop one better. I'm really not sure. Yes, Ashley. Um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he also do Basic Instinct? He did, as a matter of fact, do Basic Instinct. He's a great, he's a great freaky deaky Dutchman uh, who just loves making. He also made uh, the Hollow Man. Uh, just, I mean, as a th- as a throwaway, his one of his other movies, you know. Well, that's a shoe in. Well, I was gonna say I don't kind of hate Hollow Man. Like it's not uh-huh. a it's good. Great movie but it's kind of fun it's very titillating honestly until the the newest uh invisible man movie came out like this was the hollow man was the best invisible man movie in my opinion until this uh, new one came out son of the invisible man with ed bagley jr was the best i've never seen it jeremy what is it what's uh, although i'm intrigued by an ed bagley is he the invisible man he's the son of the invisible man but <laughs> doesn't know that he isn't actually invisible, so he just runs around naked. <laughs> so the cops carry him away. So. Okay, all right, I'm into it. Best part is when he, the best part is when he takes his clothes off in front of his friend, and he's like, "Ever see a shirt? Make a phone call." And he's like, really "Naked." And the guy's like, oh, "Stop! Stop! No, it's okay." <laughs> 
Well, I don't think I've ever told you boys, but I actually starred in a movie very similar. I uh, was a stand-in for the movie Invisible Woman because nobody knows that I exist. Oh, that's <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. People know you exist. We just pretend cool. that. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's That's hard to ignore different. people when those gunshots start flying everywhere. <laughs> Everybody notices. No, but I uh, I remember, so one quick story about Starship Troopers. So I never saw this in the movie theater because it came out in 97. So I was technically in middle school, probably eighth grade at this time. Uh, but I did have a bootleg copy. Uh, now, people forget that th- uh, I had a bootleg copy that was filmed in the theater, okay? And there's not enough of these. They still pop up from time to time. Uh, but I owned one uh, of this and Scream 2. I got them at the same time from the movie guy who I couldn't buy alcohol, but at all of you liquors, there was a bootleg movie guy. He just he, You could go up there and just get whatever you wanted, and he had VHSs. So I got... I got this Starship Troopers, except the box looked right. But when you pulled off, he, like he was good. He had labels for everything. The, the the sticker on it said Starship Shooters. And I always thought that was very just a very funny flub of this really shitty copy that I owned of Starship Troopers. And my friend Sean L. always still refers to it affectionately as Starship Shooters. Um, I also, that same, that same day, I also got a copy of Screen 2, that was filmed at such an angle within the theater that like like we used to make fun of it like it was like he had the front row seat and he had to look up at the screen to film it like from his lap like this and it made it so like the middle part of the screen looked very elongated so like when Dewey came in with his fucked up ass hand it was like the whole screen was just Dewey's hand like oh hey what's going on like and we just I always just thought that was so fucking hilarious man the the only bootleg movie we ever owned I think my sister my oldest sister bought and it was Pirates of the Caribbean and we were like oh this is you know fine like this is cool but then there was a part of the movie missing and we couldn't figure out why and then I went Oh, no, I get it. He had to go to the bathroom, and you can't exactly ask the person next to you, can you keep filming while I go to- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that makes that's, sense. That's when, you, that's when you have to hand the, the camera over to Kramer, and he'll he'll, he'll, he'll Hell yeah. for you. And oh. Kramer with, hey, it's a legitimate business. Legitimate? It's a business. Oh, you know, uh, uh, speaking of Tommy Simbazo again and bootlegs this is why I brought it up. So uh, obviously we know about the current conflict between Russia and the Ukraine. Apparently one of our sanctions on Russia is that we won't send them new movies to watch. So literally their movie theaters right now are actually showing bootleg copies of movies like filmed in movie theaters in the US. Wow. But you're paying like you know, no fourteen hundred rubles to watch Doctor Strange filmed with an HD cam within a movie theater. That fucking rules. Good for them. Um, <laughs> you know, you know the the price you pay for invading a sovereign nation. Let me tell you. Um, I'm just happy that the Iron Curtain can get back one of its satellites to rule over and destroy their wills. 
Hell yeah. Uh, so look, uh, director Paul uh, Verhoeven, uh, director of RoboCop, Total Recall. Uh, many people have uh, said this is really technically a remake of one of his other movies called Soldier. Uh, or uh, They call it uh, Soldier of Orange in Space because Soldier of Orange was a movie he directed in 1977, which was pretty much the same basic plot of this of four kids that uh, graduate from school and join a war effort and then go all on their separate way. So same basic plot points on that. But but isn't Starship Troopers based on a book or a series? It is. It is a 1960s book, as a matter of fact. But not necessarily. But the the script changes and the things that Paul made, apart from this, about four teenagers that then are thrusted to this giant war whose paths all go and then meet back up like that. That is actually just ripped off from another movie that he did. So that he yeah. knew that that the, that story worked. Which the story technically the the interpersonal minglings within it they make sense. Like it's fine, yeah. but it follows that exact same plot line. Now it is a but fun. Somebody said aliens. Somebody, Vasquez thought they said aliens signed up and legal aliens. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is my favorite movie. It, I will say out of all my the movies I've ever watched, it's my favorite pro-fascist movie. Uh, that's ever existed. Um, just the idea of this wonderful coming of age story where if you want citizenship, you best join the military and stop putzing around. But it, I, as I was reading about it, uh, like a lot of people on the left are very turned off by this movie. Uh, and a lot of people on the right are like, you know, it's a pro kind of a pro military movie. If you're a military person, you like it. But apparently the actual guy who wrote this book, he was just like, he was like, I don't know. I was just a military guy, and I was really trying to just parody how how when you go to war, like everything just goes to shit. That's all I was trying to say. It really wasn't a pro Nazi thing. Did I? And then uh, Paul uh, Verhoeven, he made he basically survived through Nazi Germany. So he was like, he was like, why did you make this basically? Because they're dressed like basic Nazis in it, like uh, uh, Doogie Hauser's character. They don't have they don't have the Nazi eagle on their hat. They have the space Nazi eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's so funny. the The biggest one that really sticks out is just straight up Nazi is Neil Patrick Harris's character because he joins like the he joins that and he's dressed like a legit SS officer so much so that people yeah. on set actually refer to him as Doogie Himmler, which I think is the most fun name you could give Doogie Hauser. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Dude. I also love that a white guy like Casper Van Dien is <laughs> is playing a guy from Argentina. Wink, 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 wink. Well, hey, you know, I was, I love that. Yes, I love that all this, all the kids that start out in the beginning of the movie, Denise Richards, which we haven't gotten to her yet. The main character, uh, the main characters are all um, uh, Casper Van Dien, uh, super white guy who plays Johnny Rico. Uh, Denise Richards, who plays Carmen Ibanez, which uh, also, super hot my favorite guitar brand um then uh diana meyer who plays dizzy flores who's just a redhead like just <laughs> just a redhead and then uh, uh the other guy who's also from buenos aires is uh michael ironside uh, who plays gene rostack his teacher which is also just another just super white guy now uh, i'm sorry ash go ahead no, sorry. I was just going to say, let us not forget. I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. The ever white, ever toothy, ever gummy Jake Busey. Well, I don't think Jake Busey is from Buenos Aires, though. No, 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 no. no. But I'm just saying he 
fits that very still Aryan yeah. vibe, the build and everything. Fucking kind of say that Busey teeth are proof that like making quote pretty people keep populating doesn't make prettier people. Yeah. First we have a dad and then we have Jake and I'm like, ah, oh, y'all shouldn't have made that. But, <laughs> I uh, will, I will sorry. say that I will, I like, listen, I think that, um, I do believe that, you know, Gary Busey, uh, his son, Jake Busey definitely has his resemblance, but if you told me that he wasn't the father and it was actually Nick Nolte, I'd believe you. Like I would, I'd buy it. It's the fucking teeth. It's the gums. (laughs) Fucking gums. Sorry. Gary Gary Busey and just the slightest makeup. He looks like the living dead now. He does. He does. He he looks so bad. Yeah. The weird, like, like the the full back of the gums. No, I look, I feel that Jake Busey is perfect for a weird sequel spinoff to, um, what was it? Uh, drumline. We just call it gum line. <laughs> gum line. <laughs> the white is. G- <laughs> I like gum line. That was good. Jake, Jake Busey is just Gary Busey minus 20 kilos of cocaine. So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now what was I, I? Oh, so I thought this part was very funny because so. Johnny Rico, played by Casper Van Diem. Shout out to Dracula Three Thousand. I'm glad we're bringing Casper Van Diem into the into the quality time universe again. But there is a he he mentioned that he wrote his own backstory for this of why he was a white guy in Buenos Aires. Can you try to guess what that was? That I knew what it was. He was a descendant of a Nazi that yeah, <laughs> grew up in Argentina. In Argentina. Yeah. And I will say. As a man who's actually been to Argentina uh, on a rugby tour, um, Buenos Aires uh, really is filled with a lot of blonde hair and blue-eyed folks. I was actually quite shocked. It wasn't until I left there, went to places like Mar del Plata, I was like, oh, shit, there were a lot of Nazis that escaped here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, Eric, I don't think, I don't know if either of you boys know this because I do speak Espanol. And Buenos Aires literally means beautiful Aryans. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I knew I knew that was what that bro translated to. So uh I also know Spanish as well, and that's um carpe diem means um fish god. So <laughs> that's my favorite Pokemon. Um <laughs> Oh, I've been misinterpreting that for years. I thought it meant <laughs> Ashley's bush is God. <laughs> he sees the pussy. So, damn it! I do love. Uh, I do love the uh, the look and aesthetic of this movie. Now, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, I, I love like some of the character design. The um, those suits that they would wear during combat were actually were so unbearably hot because they were filming in Wyoming and like yeah. the Badlands there uh, on these 125 degree days. If you look at the early shots, they're in like this full gear, but uh, apparently 25 people got treated for heat stroke during the filming of yeah. this movie. So much so that even uh, one of the actors, Gary Busey, uh, shut down production for two weeks because he got had to go to the hospital from being that. So after that, Gary Busey got, uh, or, I'm sorry, Jake Busey got uh, got got soaked out and went to the hospital. They were like, "Okay, I guess you can wear short sleeves, and we'll cut a couple of vents in this thing," yeah. uh, which I thought was great. I love that. Just they almost killed uh, like two dozen people to make this movie. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I I had to try to uh, brush up on my on my um, Peter Weller before I went to Chiller, and he gave a really great interview on how the RoboCop suit sucked so bad that he could barely move, and he wanted to work really really fluid as in his motions as RoboCop, but he couldn't. He could literally only move like a robot. And he thought the movie was going to be shit, that this that this was horrible the way he had to move in it. He hated being in the suit. Took him to way too long. And then one of his buddies or some guy he, he really had respect for came and like, look, let me explain to you. But the producers, they're all about the studio. And Paul Verhoeven, he's Dutch. And that was the explanation. <laughs> no, this is going to be a great movie. You're going to love it. It's going to be a great product. But Peter Weller was like ready to quit any fucking day. Like, fuck yeah. this shit. Peter this Weller garbage. actually wanted to. Uh, when I watched the movies that made us on Netflix, Peter Weller mm-hmm. apparently his idea of RoboCop was to have him move more like a ballet dancer, which I thought is the would be such a hilarious touch <laughs> to just see him pirouette shooting some guy's dick off. Like that would be that would have changed the movie <laughs> in such marvelous ways. I did I did tell Eric that um for those of you that don't know Mark Wahlberg turned down the role of Johnny in this movie. Oh <laughs> yeah. You know why? Uh, you want you want to know why? You want to know why? Cuz I was uh, I was planning on not being part. part of 9/11 when that happened. <laughs> By the way, uh this what this show is truly about is my complete um psychosis. Um there's never been a scarier movie ever in my entire life than as soon as I got out of the fucking mental hospital, still fully on Haldol for the sh- for the shit that I had done while crazy, and going to watch RoboCop two in the theater. Yeah, and the scene when RoboCop gets torn apart and fucking thrown back on the street to back to the cops. I am literally freaking out in the fucking movie theater and literally had to walk out of the movie theater. And I felt like RoboCop because it's like when you're on Haldo, you're like, it's literally mind control where like your movements are robot like. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is scaring the motherfucking shit out of me. <laughs> it took me like minutes to go back into the theater. And I was like, Kane is freaking me out. He's like taking nuke and he's like talking weird like, like oh, my God, this is the scariest fucking movie. I felt I felt the same way when I was really sick. And uh, um, this this will this will register with you, Jeremy. Uh you ever been, I, I've never had to go to the loony bin. I'm saving that for uh, the last chapter of my life. But the Every um, uh, I remember being so like sick and dehydrated and out of it that I was watching the movie Ernest Scared Stupid, and I was <laughs> I was emotionally connected with Ernest so much that I was crying during the movie of like it's really messed up that they don't believe Ernest right now and this <laughs> troll. And uh, and 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 how I was just like how why isn't Miak working when it's he can't figure out this milk and I want to tell him it's just milk Ernest that's all that those trolls are anyway I so I've been there Jeremy I know what it's like to be tormented by a film that doesn't deserve it also also when I was on Haldol <laughs> within a month after that I saw an Aerosmith concert and the lighting effects during the concert were so overwhelming. I literally sat down on my chair and like hid my head in my this is this is it's so much lighting. (laughs) This is wild. 
fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, happy two years on the podcast to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful that nobody asked me after the Aerosmith concert, hey, how was it? Like, oh, it's great. I love sitting in a fetal position in my chair. I'm still trying to hide my eyes from all the lighting. My favorite, my favorite part was keeping the lasers out of my brains. (laughs) I just remember crying while listening to Love in an Elevator. (laughs) A couple other things, though. Let's get back on track a little bit instead of our uh, extensive mental health history. So... uh, the uh, some of the gear that you saw in this movie actually showed up a couple other times. One of the times it actually showed up in Power Rangers Lost Galaxy in 1999, and also on the show Firefly uh, on the episode called The Train Job. They all wore the same suits from Starship Troopers. And uh, I wish Jeremy was here to hear this fact, but Ashley, uh, maybe yes. you'll find this pretty interesting that uh, some of the walls that were used in 1990s Total Recall got reused in this movie, which is. Uh, uh, um, as part of the set, and another Total Recall call uh, callback. Other than just the idea of uh, uh, the director being connected to both of these movies, uh, Dean Norris is in both this movie and uh, and Total Recall. Dean Norris, of course, who is probably most famous for playing uh, H.K. Schrader from uh, Breaking Bad, his probably his his greatest role he's had up until today. Well, you know, I connect with that because just like production sets, I too like to reuse my boyfriends. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Hey, and I don't know why I just thought of this, but Jeremy and Ashley, maybe you can, you guys are both Marvel fans and stuff like that. Um, And without giving any spoilers, like the, we know that the Fantastic Four is coming soon to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but we haven't cast a Benjamin J. Grimm, AKA The Thing, I think Dean Norris would be a great fucking thing. No? He would, but, like, age is kind of a factor at this point, isn't it? I mean, I would think so. No, I mean, I would think it'd be kind of a problem. No, but I mean, look-wise, yes. No, 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 Um, I'm saying look-wise, I get it. I'm sorry for thing. I'd choose uh, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, what's up? (laughs) It's be the thing. (laughs) Okay. Ray Um, Lewis is a very intense thing. My pick would be Eric. <laughs> I, I like, thank you. That's actually heartwarming. I would love to play the thing. I'd be a great you, thing. I in think, the most. I think if I let psoriasis grow all over my face, they won't even na- need makeup when I become the thing. Well, so here's my theory is if we combine both of you, like John Carpenter's the thing, you are both the thing. Uh, <laughs> I can see. <laughs> We can get a lot of <laughs> so uh now the I love the alien and the bugs design of uh of this movie. Now the design of the bugs was slightly revised from uh, an unused monster from uh the movie Tremors 2, which was actually filming the same time as this. So this the bugs that you see in this movie were actually supposed to be tremors for Tremors 2. Uh and because actually uh, part of this production got shut down for uh, a portion due to like weather restrictions and stuff like that. Uh, the director, Paul Verhoeven, actually stopped making this movie and went to go make Tremors 2 in the downtime in between uh, while this movie was getting shot. So, very, or I'm sorry, though, the special effects person who is um, uh, went to go work on both of these, which is, I'm looking for his name. This is Tremors 2 Aftershocks. 
and the shriekers that they were going to be called were going to look like this. And I didn't write down his name. Fuck it. So we're not going to know. Well, but he is a very famous guy. Great movies. Excuse me. They're both great movies. But I'm just going to say what y'all already know about me. Mm-hmm. The original Tremors may be my favorite. But I'm sorry. Number three is next. Because who doesn't want some fucking ass blasters? Which is what they're called in the... <laughs> okay. Yeah, though... If- it would be Phil Triplett did the uh, special effects on uh, on Tremors 2 as well as this movie, as well as uh, Jurassic Park and Return of the Jedi. Very uh, acclaimed monster guy. Oh, so, um, which explains a lot of the CGI that was used with this because of the mass scope. While Tremors is a very practical effects kind of movie, they went with a lot more CGI in this one, which in retrospect doesn't hold up the greatest. It's best if you watch this on a bootleg copy of VHS. Yes, uh, it really holds up in that format the strongest, if I'm going to be well, honest. I, I feel like you understand, though, too, because it's like not only was this just the time it was, but also they had to, they had to make the appearance that there were millions of these almost, like just thousands yeah. and thousands of this. So of course, there was no way you'd be able to practically, you know, do practical effects with those. So that makes sense. Um, you know, Tremors is totally gross. Michael Gross. Yes, yes. Uh, one last thing I wanted to bring up was uh, this last little fun fact about the movie is that uh, Casper Van Diem, uh, he he said uh, he owes his entire acting chops, all of his chops that he got from working on this movie, uh, specifically Michael Ironside and Clancy Brown. He says, even when I act today, I can still hear their voices in my head and working with them was just completely uh, uh, irreplaceable. And I kind of wonder if like Michael Ironside and Clancy Brown just find that to be the worst offhanded compliment in the whole world. Um, Cause <laughs> he's not, he's not a great actor. If we're being honest I'm waiting for the day that someone tells one of us that they're like, I went into podcasting because of you guys. And I'm like, how, wow. How many followers, how many listeners do you guys have? And they go, Five, including my mom. Tens. Tens of (laughs) listeners. Depends on the week. Depends on the week. Uh, So we already already go into Michael Ironside's missing hand. uh, We didn't get into it a bunch. Would you like to mention Michael Ironside's missing hand? But obviously this is a tie into Total Recall where he loses both his hands. Ah. uh, Schwarzenegger when when the elevator goes up a little too far. I like that this view. Uh, my favorite thing about this movie is that everybody who served in the military that's alive is missing a limb. Like even when <laughs> even when he goes to sign up, like right, out of high school, he's just like, "Oh, mobile infantry, maybe the man I am today." It's this guy has no legs, <laughs> and, like, and he's missing an arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that guy really does was an actual amputee who had no who had no legs, uh, but would later be in an episode of CSI with prosthetic legs. So. I, my- Favorite, my favorite line from Muddy Python is where they have uh, people at war in World War One, and John Cleese plays a guy with no arms sitting there, and he goes into a monologue, and he's like, as you know, I'm not a full man anymore. And Eric Otto says, yeah, you lost both of your arms as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but you're, you're right, though, because there's also the teacher who's missing her eyes. 
that we we see she's blind mm-hmm. in the high school so yeah everybody that's essentially served for the state can i bring up something i hope we're not hopping around too much but there was something i'm pretty sure we heard uh when they're like early on enlisting in their troop they're getting to know each other this always felt weird to me and semi-terrifying is one of the women in their troop goes oh because they're in the showers they're all naked in the showers yeah and they ask each other like oh why did you enlist and this woman goes i want to have babies so i figured the best way to get a license was to sign up and i'm like wait you need a license to procreate man that's kind of (laughs) genius oh man yeah i i do like that hey that that shower scene was actually uh when I was reading about this. So um, the director um, wanted to do this fully nude shower scene and to get it, to get him ready. He was like, he's like the biggest, the hardest part about working with Americans is they're so scared to fucking show any bit of nudity. It's like, it's like, come on, I could, I could chop up a body in a million pieces and shit on it, but I can't show one titty. It's the hardest thing to get through. So to get the crew comfortable, they were like, all right, everybody get naked. We're going to, it needs to be like a camaraderie fun shower scene. It's not like a, it's, it's supposed to not be sexual. It's washing up and joking around kind of thing. And everybody was a little apprehensive. And then somebody yelled at the director. He's like, yeah, well, why don't you get naked? So he was just like, okay. He got fully naked on set. And then his the cameraman also got naked. And apparently Casper Van Dien, he's like, look what you did. You did this. We didn't, we didn't need to see this. You did that. <laughs> and so they ended up, uh, it broke a lot of the tension. And then all of them dropped trout and were able to do this. But it's funny uh. because the hot, like, listen, young Eric Woodworth was exploring his body at this time. And a de- young a Denise Richards, let me tell you, was high on the list of, of, of Eric Woodworth's uh, sexual exploration back in the early in the late nineties. Can you stop doing that with your fist when you're? In, yeah, this is what I was doing. I would, I would, I would do I'm this to my cock hole. I would punch it that. in there, and and then uh, so. But but of course she's she gets super naked. She would refuse to get naked in this movie. But a year later would be fully nude in a a three way sex scene with uh, Nev Campbell in uh, the movie Wild Things, which uh, happened a year later. Which I thought was funny that she saved it. For, she's like, I'm not getting naked until it's a threesome. You think I'm getting naked in a shower scene? Relax. Uh, Didn't she also marry Charlie Sheen? <laughs> I think so. She was married to Charlie Sheen, getting some of that tiger blood in her. Okay. Okay, um, not the kind of tiger blood we want. Let me tell you, the eye of the tiger needs a cocktail at 1 a.m. every day um, and okay, not so the kind you- that has alcohol. We're talking about the kind that helps those T-cells hold up. Um, um, Richard's got to have tiger blood. And you know what Eric grew up to do? Eric needs lots of tiger bomb. <laughs> I do. I am. I am a creaky mess. My house when I stretch sounds, or my body when I stretch sounds like a haunted house. Um, I did tell Eric the other day that he told me he has arthritis, and I was like, "Oh, you sound like a teenager trying to sneak in after midnight." <laughs> hey, what's up, hip dudes? New Power Rangers flick on. Uh, so. Uh, 
So uh, Rico, Johnny Rico joins the mobile infantry because he's going to join the Roar effort because his girlfriend, Carmen, played by uh, uh, Denise Richards, is also joining. But she's going to go into the basically the Air Force with her arch rival. Um, uh, he also, uh, what's it called? Doogie Hauser ends up going into military intelligence and his uh, his other buddy. Uh, who is uh, Dizzy, the girl that wants him, but he's not really that into her, ends up being the mobile infantry as well. Uh, the only funny thing to mention throughout all of this is that everyone is like 28 to 34 years old yeah. in high school, which is my favorite kind of movie trope. It, it's Reese in space. Yes. Um, <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite is Jack Nicholson in Hell's Angels as the kid. And he's obviously 30 plus years old. So. <laughs> yeah. yes. so so one of the things I love too, kind of a trope that we'll see throughout this movie, is I love that Desi is a hot friend that has all the same interests, but <laughs> what a tomboy. Why would I fuck you? And then he sidelines this chick the whole movie. And I have to tell you, I saw this movie when I was young, not when it came out, but when I was younger, because it was on like TNT or some shit. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, I love when a hot girl is called a tomboy. It's like <laughs> some kind of wonderful theory. And they're just like, man, when you take off your glasses, or in this case, when you take off your top and our barracks, mm -hmm. I suddenly realize you're super fuckable. Holy shit. What are the milk jugs you've been hiding under this suit this whole time? Are you out of your mind? Um, also, I give this girl, I'm sorry, this gets me so angry. I give this girl so much credit for even at prom being like why didn't why didn't we ever get together and he's like oh come on des you know i like dumb pimbos and then he goes and leaves her. <laughs> like it's just ooh, that shit really just uh, something else and then essentially she changes units to protect this pussy ass man that she's in love with mm. i'm angry i'm sorry it's fine Damn it, oh, man! What he meant to say is, I'm really going for the girl that always looks like she's 13 years old still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and love them young. What can I say? So, uh, John Jeffrey Weinstein, Johnny Rico, though, is able to quickly climb the ranks, kind the ranks in basic training, uh, where we get to be Qu Quincy Brown, Clancy Brown, uh, who plays Sergeant Zim, uh, who just fights people that show up late to basic training, which I think is a fun, it's a nice thing to do. Um, let's just do have a karate fight. Uh, he beats up a woman, uh, Dizzy Flores, uh, rather, rather easily, though she gets a nice sweep kick on so he's like respect um but uh even though his rise uh happens fast he accidentally gets one of his uh uh one of his uh compatriots blasted right. in a uh in a in a training exercise and blows his head off and it's a really good head blow off yeah. scene uh so can we say the best part of that scene yeah is that when he gets his head blown off he says medic yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hold up, medic. I think this guy, my buddy's brains are leaking out. He's trying to put his head back together like a puzzle box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, I also, and I also say my favorite point in history was that moment when uh, Jackie Kennedy was at the hospital and after uh, admitting her dead husband to the to the uh, emergency room, she still had that little bit of brains in her hand to give to the doctor. Like, here, see if this will help. Like, can you? Oh, thank. 
Oh, I saved it. I put it in pickle juice. That's actually that's actually all of our foreign policy right there. Uh (laughs) And I'm sure the doctor just took that handful, just slop it into his empty head now. Job done. So wait, she goes but before she starts to hand it over and she hesitates for a second, she goes, Before I give this to you, is this is this the part of his brain that made him cheat on me? Do we have to give yeah. him this part? <laughs> yeah, the, it's the memory bank of him fucking Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> She's like, never mind, this is mine. I'm going to start an OnlyFans, and I don't know what that is. Somebody <laughs> shot that man. Uh, you know, I had I was thinking about Forrest Gump yesterday, uh, not because I was on drugs, but um, I was thinking about the movie Forrest Gump, and like you know, you know, no, 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 like stop, Jeremy, to be respectful. So look, there's, you know that you know how he meets little Forrest, right? And little Forrest, he's like, yeah. is he is he like me? And he's not. He's he's a super smart little boy, and it's really great. Yeah. I he's would dead people all the time. I would love. To see, just like here's here's the situation. It's now the year, you know, it's 2010. Okay, and little Forrest is a young teen. He's he's going to MIT. He's really smart. And we're on Mari, and we're like, Forrest, we brought you here today because uh, we checked the paternity test, and uh, it turns out you actually are not the father. And he's like, Oh my god, I'm devastated. And he was just like, But when we come back, we'd like you to meet. Who's a man who claims to be your actual son, and it is just the most retarded person you've ever seen. It's some like half Asian Vietnamese kid that he knocked up in Vietnam. He's like, he just he can't even make one word, and he just shits everywhere. And the the story of actual Forrest Gump is because he fucks some lady in a foreign country. Is that he's actually you know how the Forrest Gump story? He's involved with all these wonderful pieces of time and history. Well, like. This Forrest Gump, right? Forrest Gump Jr. from Vietnam is actually like, he's like, and I remember when I was in New York City and I found these fun guys that were trying to learn how to fly planes and I taught them how to fly planes. And then it's 9 11 that happened. So, like, every American tragedy that's happened since then is all the other Forrest Gump's fault. And then Forrest Sr. and Forrest Jr. are forced into a conflict of both good and evil. So what you're saying is that Forrest Gump's kid actually is Elon Musk. Yes. 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 He's Elon Musk. So I, I assume that Eric's name for his pubes is little Forrest. Um, But I, I think Forrest Gump would have been funnier if Jenny gave birth to a black baby and it was actually Bubba's kid, but Forrest is so stupid that he's like, I can't believe we had a black baby. This is amazing. <laughs> I remember when my son Forrest came up and he became one of the great. I remember my son Forrest Jr. I said, we called him Tiger for short, and he went on to become the greatest golfer that we world has ever seen. <laughs> Eric, didn't you watch that movie? It was called Finding Forrester Gump. <laughs> Finding Forrester Gump. <laughs> All right, let me get us back on track again here. So, uh, on oh, track. He ends up. 
he ends up getting a, a good old fashioned whipping, which I just love a black guy wh- whipping a white guy finally for once. I'm so you know? glad it was a black guy doing Finally, it. justice is being served. We're righting the wrongs. You know, it might be a weird fascist regime that's go- going for galactic dominance, but you know what? At least we're respecting people. And I like that. And uh, But just as he's about to pack his bags and head home, Buenos Aires gets wiped off the map by a bug attack because they shoot meteors out of their assholes and uh he's got nothing else to go home to so they rip up his fucking papers and says rico you're back to private and he's going to clendatu to fucking take on the bugs my point totally stolen from from uh flight of the navigator yeah 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 now and that, this brings us actually Arma- you couldn't fight the armada anymore with greg yes so. yes uh, which brings us back to our opening scene, which we didn't talk a lot about this. I love the idea that a lot of this movie comes through the war propaganda of the film. And and I also like how it kind of like was kind of accurate about how the internet works, where it just gives you 30 seconds. He's like, hey, you want to click more to read like that? Which Would you is, like to know more? Would you like to know more? You're like, I know enough. I got the 30 seconds. Time to make a post about this. Um, so the next movie is a giant woman with giant breasts bouncing yes, yes. yeah i hey my favorite propaganda scene is like we're doing our part and it's just kids stomping cockroaches in the street <laughs> that's my far like, yeah, yeah! <laughs> i don't know why i love that that scene is so fucking good man uh so they head off to clendatu by, by the way second only to the magnavolt commercial where the thief gets in your car and gets electrocuted to death so yes yes and uh we get to that opening scene where uh johnny rico ends up uh becoming the impromptu leader because fucking jake Busey is a pussy in the face of all these things even though you got pulse right out there and uh he hands uh, up uh leading the attack but they get fucked up real bad and uh lots of people get ripped to shreds including casper van diem uh johnny rico he catches a fucking giant claw through the quad uh but is able to survive the attack on clandatu which is deemed a complete failure don't um, forget yeah. that his girlfriend broke up with him <laughs> Oh, and his girlfriend is just like, "Hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm breaking up with you. Also, I'm fucking the guy that you hate most in this world, who is a beautiful 22 year old man with a fully receding hairline. He is. That's <laughs> the. They don't talk. They talk about this fight against the bugs. The biggest fight is uh, actor Patrick Muldoon's battle with male pattern baldness throughout this film because he's he's not winning. He's not winning it at all. Uh, I have a question. Is this going to be a stand up fight? <laughs> or another bug hunt. Uh, uh, by the way, Eric, um, the, all all the scenes where if you ever fuck with the drill sergeant, you either get your arm broken or stabbed against a wall. Yeah. Um, uh, at what point did what were you informed about um, why Dad was discharged from the? Um, we talked party? about it. Uh, we talked about it on it on air before, but um, and when we talked about it on here, um, I was only thirty eight years old when I found out. Well, I, I go. I guess I was thirty-seven. There you go. Um, so seven, you were. You found out at least ten years ago. No, I did. Well, no, I didn't know until you kind of brought it up to me, which was very recently. Are you kidding me? Oh my! You're gosh. right. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. Of course, it's a good bit. Do you know how old I was when I? <laughs> Uh, speaking of how old, Rue McClanahan played the biology teacher in this movie. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> 
by the and, way, and she also found out our dad was a monster. It's good. <laughs> by, the, by the way, and there's still more secrets that we could reveal, but we won't. But at the same time, hey, save them for my five year anniversary on the show. Hey, you can't prosecute the dead. Anyway, um, uh, well, if you want extensionally, so extensionally, Jeremy, what are you even making words anymore? What is going I on? New words. I'm a wordomatic. Hold on, I'm calling Michelle. I need him to to increase the how doll over at the Woodworth Residence East. <laughs> have you have you have you been have you been snacking on the rat? <laughs> this rat poison doesn't even work. I've eaten like four bags. The poison in it. It don't work. Have you been, By the way, have you been eating your feelings with the rat? By the way, my my typewriter's talking to me, and it's asking me to put poison right on its anus mouth. It's talking to me. So, so uh, I'm Peter Weller. Oh, have a good night. <laughs> So shortly after this, after Rico shows his battle prowess, uh, they go on another mission to go blow up a big old bug. It's one of the ones that shoots out of its fucking asshole, and they <laughs> nuke the fuck out of it. I also like that they just generally, just just because, they just use tactical nukes. Like, isn't there radiation involved? I don't feel like their suits protect them from this at all. I watched enough of Chernobyl. I don't think the graphite shards are far enough away from where they are. Eric, they can literally repair a giant wound in your leg. You don't think they can take something or go take an anti-radiation shower? They have it all. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll take it. So they were uh, nuclear look, people. You can, look, you can work with radium, whether you do like a watch dial. Just don't, just don't wet your tongue with it every time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do Do you know do Do you know what I excrete? <laughs> Plutonium. Plutonium. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like but when, it, when you're in the dark and it glows coming out of your butt that's so hot uh no that's eric eric's is the one that's neon <laughs> so so after this big victory that they have that night uh with uh rico getting getting moved up in the ranks now being led by his former teacher michael ironside he said uh i'll take the job blah 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 uh, he's like, I give you the best, and they open it up, and what's the best? They give you a keg of beer, maybe two, and also a plastic violin. Fuck yes. That's what I call partying. Who's ready for a devil goes down to Georgia off right this second? What, what does Garrett, Jake Busey start playing, of course? That's right, the Confederate Dixie song. The South will rise again all the way up north, as far north as you can go. Um, South will get a boner again. We can have slavery. Yeah! Woo-hoo! <laughs> so they... Uh, the they find out shortly after that that uh, Michael Ironside is going to send them on a, uh, a, a a rescue mission, but not before uh, Johnny Rico finally bangs Dizzy Flores uh, in the, in the back room. And he's just like, "I need you in ten minutes. Uh, I need you in five minutes." And then he sees that she's in here. He's like, "Make it 20. Uh- <laughs> well, because that's the same person that like told him she asked him to dance, and he's like, "No." Uh- I'm not into you. Sorry. Go dance with somebody else. Which, by the way, who she dances with is the preacher from Walking Dead. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth, Seth, Gilliam. Seth Gilliam. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. He looks like a baby in this movie, by the way. The only one that actually looks accurate for the age that he should be. Yeah, he He looks like an unbuff, um, uh, whoever that rapper guy is that's really buff. 50 Cent? (laughs) Tupac? Oh, LL Cool J, so. Okay, yeah, he's buff. Sure. Kind of see. In the 90s. The 90s LL yeah. Cool J was pretty fucking jacked. I'll give you that. Okay, I see where you're going, Jeremy. You're old, but we accept you. Deep blue CL LL Cool J. Um, but anyways, so he refuses her dance, and she, like a bad bitch, is like, I'll go dance with someone else then. Fuck you. But then the teacher comes up <laughs> to him, and he's like, hey, never waste a good thing. You've got good pussy right in front of you, and you're turning it down. You're fucking stupid. So he's like, yeah. okay. So he immediately changes in mind and goes dance with her, and then he's like, we should... I was saving myself for the girl from Wild Things, you monster. Um, so Another, another <laughs> tie-in for Total Recall. He's like, oh, by the way, I let my wife fuck Arnold Schwarzenegger. Big mistake. <laughs> Big mistake. Come on. So uh, he uh, Michael Ironside sends him on a uh, on a rescue mission for an outpost over there where they are able to discover that there's uh, bugs that can get into people's heads. Okay, so they're collecting information on them, just like they're connecting information on them. He also kind of established like this kind of thing. They're like, hey, you know, the bugs said they wouldn't attack if we didn't intrude on their land. They're like, shut the fuck up fag and they're like let's go kill some aliens and uh i do i do enjoy that militaristic thing you're like nah they're the enemy let's kill them all why i don't know and then <laughs> and that's a very it's a very fun point in the movie but uh of course this is all just a trap to lure them in they're totally ambushed in a uh full-on assault of oh. bugs coming from all angles out of oh, nowhere whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. you're gonna skip over the, the main character that they introduce who's in the in the freezer uh no, okay yes go ahead share that with us jeremy the the current the uh, the colonel who's hiding himself the entire time general the general quado hiding in the freezer yeah 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 another total recall uh callback there so uh uh, who is a, just a total pussy and watched all of his men die and just hide it. Uh, I said hide it because uh, I'm good at English. Um, so uh, we then we then see this full-on assault, which has multiple casualties. First, we'll go over uh, the great Michael Ironside, who gets sucked down, gets bo- loses both of his legs, and he's just like, do it! And then he shoots him in the head, which, okay, that's fine. But as, uh, as they're trying to escape, um, sweet... Uh, uh, Carmen and uh, his arch enemy Xander swoop down to come get the mobile infantry out of there, but not before Dizzy gets fucking uh, uh, completely impaled like six times, and they carry her off. And they're like, "You're gonna be, a- we're gonna fix you up." Like, bitch, you just got nine swords uh, slung I, through you. There's nothing I love more than as a woman seeing another woman get what she finally wants, and then she dies. Great. The Black Widow. By the way, by the way, he had the choice to save uh, Michael Ironsides after he lost both of his legs. He's like, oh, no, he'll never be part of the shrimp boat. <laughs> no, Lut- Lieutenant like Ironsides, me. you got magic legs. <laughs> <laughs> he's like me. He's like, man, if there's anything wrong with me. If I'm brain dead, if I can't take care of myself, you fucking kill me. I'm like, I'm like that. Go for it. I feel you. He'll never entertain the troops with the USO anymore. 
So, uh, Carmen and Rico are reunited after conveniently his girlfriend dies in the ride when he sees her. Uh, how convenient that plot is. Uh, and of course he gets back. He's just like, well, I'm over that bitch that just died today. I'm ready to fight her boyfriend. And they have a fist fight at the space station where, uh, actually, uh, uh, Casper Van Diem actually punches Patrick Muldoon, the actor, so hard that his lip bleeds. And that's that's actually really happened. They were just that physical with each other. But that's not that's not the order of events, though. That fist fight happens before Desi uh, dies. Okay, fair enough. Because fair because enough. because when when Desi dies, she's in. No, you're right. You're the, right. The ship that is actually being carried by um, Denise Richards and her flying partner, and he actually because they think that Rico is dead at that point. So then he tells her, like, oh, your friend's back there, and <laughs> so is his dead new girlfriend. Yeah. So. <laughs> I like that he uses that as a punchline. He was like, and his dead girlfriend, what a bitch. <laughs> Wish he had an alive one like me. <laughs> hey, the Air Force, one point, military, <laughs> the infantry, zero. <laughs> Another Paul Verhoeven uh, tie-in is obviously that Rico sounds kind of like Recall. Ah, okay. Now you're stretching, but I like it. Um, <laughs> another Total Recall call is uh, that Rue McClanahan is this is in this movie, and by the time she was in this film, she couldn't recall anything, um, which is. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend, although I have Alzheimer's. <laughs> so uh, they then uh, they they then get to meet up with their good old frat friend Dookie Hauser, playing Carl Jenkins, who's Dookie. in full S- SS gear. He's the Great science offer. He was just like, you know, we think there's a brain bug. You got to go find this brain bug, recover it alive so we can learn some shit. So they go on a, what is almost a suicide mission to go try to get this information. Uh, plan doesn't go well right from the start. Off the bat, Denise Richards and uh, and Patrick Muldoon crash their ship, not just in like the most inconvenient place, in the heart of the tunnels where the most bugs are, where they then, you get to see uh, Xander get ripped apart by these things and denise richards uh uh held a captive uh almost assuredly going to get mind control fucked very very soon um and then uh fucking johnny rico has to make the call do we go rescue him they're like nah they're already as good as dead we stay on course and so they go on but through a series of events johnny rico finds his way to denise richards who's been impaled like through her chest cavity over here like through her clavicle area no major organs as soon as she's rescued it's like this bitch never got stabbed she could use her arm again it's just a flesh wound that's going all the way through her body she's shooting guns and blinking every time i couldn't stop laughing at every time a gunfire goes off and she just closes her eyes going, ha! like she shoots like how will ferrell shoots in uh jay and silent bob where he closes his eyes like ha! like this but makes a mean face which i thought was very funny they're able to blast their way out and sure enough even by saving his girlfriend uh sergeant zim becomes the hero of the day and captures the brain fucking thing uh where dookie hauser runs over to it which they kind of established that there's psychics in this world that can sense things in this thing he's just like he touches it and goes it's scared it's afraid and there's nothing that fascists love more than fear and they go yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> I can tell you, though, why that is, though. I can't believe you guys didn't pick this up in the movie. So the brain bug looks like an asshole. And Neil Patrick Harris is gay. So he... <laughs> Oh my god, this is the hottest thing I've ever seen. We touched it. He's like, I know what it wants. It wants fear. So, uh, and then that pretty much brings us to an end of Starship Troopers, uh, where fucking they have a brain bug that might change the course of this war, but we're not really sure. Uh, this would go on to make like six other straight to DVD release uh, sequels. Uh, uh, eventually, in the book series and in the movies, they eventually get full exosuit skeletons that have like onboarding nukes and stuff like that. But they're all very low budget, and I haven't watched them. Um, Jeremy, your final thoughts on Starship Troopers? Uh, my favorite sequel was, of course, Starship Troopers: The Quickening. And uh, no greater um, uh, tribute to Starship Troopers and the band Yes. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. Shout out Starship Troopers by Yes. Very, very good, uh, very good tune. Ashley, your final thoughts on Starship Troopers? I love this movie. I do unfortunately like the sequel better, which is uh, Starship Super Troopers. I thought it was funnier. <laughs> um, but, no, I do love the this i'm shocked we haven't done it sooner it is a great movie it is fun and you know what i just there's nothing much more i can add to the what we've already done here it's a good flick throw it on when there's nothing going on there's titties there's violence there's bad cgi it's the most 90 of 90s movies you could ever enjoy to watch and uh check out you might learn something about yourself through these goddamn bugs um ashley where can people find you at uh, you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs, and you can catch me if my calendar is right, depending on when this episode comes out. You can catch me at Busboys and Poets on May 12th, and then you can also catch me at, I believe it's the Hyattsville Meadworks, May 21st with Tommy Zimbazo. Ooh, the Hyattsville Meadworks. Look at you fucking turning up, getting there. Get yourself, hey, hey, don't, don't slack. Go to Ashley Pawnee's last and get some of her fucking uh, merch. Become a gore whore like the rest of us. You can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Eric with a K, comedy with a C. Uh, my next show is at Waynesboro this week, but tickets are already sold out, so fuck you. Um, or just come up and see if you can get in. Uh, Jeremy, take us out of here. Yo, I am your psychiatrist. <laughs>